Welcome to the Van Hack Podcast, the podcast for tech talent that wants to get hired abroad. And we're live. Hello, hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Van VanHackCon webinar, another Van VanHackCon session. Um, just wanted to make sure everything's working. So before we get into it, as always, sound check. Hi, everyone. Can you hear me? Can you see me? Is it working? Test, test, test. Hello. Hey, Rel. Hey, Betsy. Good to see you here. Good morning, Julio. Damil, Damil Lola. Sorry, I pronounced your name wrong. Definitely be patient. Uh, yeah, awesome. Okay, good. We're, we're in business. Okay, guys. So I'm super pumped for this session today. We have an amazing guest speaker. Um, he's going to tell us about what it's like to, or hiring from the CEO's perspective. So, so James Cliff is the CEO and co-founder at Holopod, which is uh, up and coming tech startup here in Canada. And previously, he's he's worked on a few other successful startups in the HR and career space, actually, uh, Visual CV, uh, which he'll talk about as well. Um, and uh, I think we, we wanted to bring him on because he's someone who's got a lot of experience in hiring developers, working with them on product, building great great products. And also um, can just tell you what what you can do to impress people like him, and um, you know get get that job you want uh, abroad. So uh, welcome, James. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks. Happy to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So um, let's get right into it. Uh, do I just give us a quick introduction? Better maybe better one than I just gave of yourself. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So I've been uh, running internet businesses for the last fifteen years now. Last time I did the math. So I had a web design development company back in high school, and then started a few projects after university. Um, my most successful one has been a, a website called Visual CV. So that's an online resume and portfolio building site. You guys should all use it. Um, essentially, it helps you create a standout resume and portfolio when you're applying for a job, as well as some education around the job search process. So I uh, grew that to about 4 million users over the last five years and just recently sold it. Um, I'm still part of the company. There's a new team in place, but I'm working on a new project called Holopod, which is building tools for uh, remote teams. And that's where we're at now. So I've, I've had a lot of experience hiring um, developers from a really small stage. So from me doing all the recruiting myself and like trying to figure out how to actually vet technical talent to having a team in place that does most of the work for me and then like kind of building a process around that as well. So yeah, I'm really excited for for uh, for the for the discussion here. Awesome. Yeah, everyone should definitely use Visual CV, um, create, your, create your resume there and then uh, upload it to your VanHack profile if you, if you haven't done so. Um, make sure you have your resume <laughs> on your VanHack profile. Um, Okay, just before we go on, I see someone here has an interview. So Ilaria, uh, you're here before attending an interview. Um, so good luck with that interview. That's exciting. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And guys, if you have questions for, for James, uh, please feel free to, to ask them. Um, if we don't ask them right now, we'll definitely answer them at the end. Uh, so let's, um, you know, just, just uh, we want to hear from you. You're, we're, we're here to help you. Uh, and then one more thing before we go on as well is that this webinar will end uh, at, what, at the top of the hour, wherever you are, whatever time zone you are, because we have another webinar after this where Fernanda Hayes from our team will be talking about uh, more more great content about how to get hired um, and career preparation. Uh, she's a certified career coach and can really help you. So stick stick around. We got a double header tonight for you. Uh, okay, great. So so James, um, let, let's talk about you know the the interview process and the hiring process. Um, 
So what, you know, kind of what, what is kind of like a interview process for you? So you're starting off, um, you're looking to hire a developer, um, you know, what are the, maybe let's, let's walk through the, the kind of the step one, step two, step three. So you, let's say you posted the job and you get a bunch of people who apply. What do you look for from the people who've applied to your webinar? To your webinar. Your yeah. <laughs> you should definitely apply for the webinar too. <laughs> so I think it depends on the stage of the company. So when we were really small, um, a lot of that wasn't even necessarily getting like you get a job posting out, but you're really recruiting. So this is me going on LinkedIn, searching on on GitHub, trying to find someone who has that exact skill set that we're building in. And typically that's like a, a technical question. It's like, hey, what stack are we using? We need a React developer with four years experience. We need a I mean, we're building on Hazura right now. So there's like four people that have built on Hazura before. So that's a pretty small pool. So we actually have to go out and look for that person. And if you have that on your 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 profile so you have the right keywords and you've used that technology before like that's a huge win right away and that kind of flips the script it's like oh i need you right now like you don't need to apply for a job like i really desperately need you to come work for my company so i think just like having an awareness of what these companies are looking for from a skill set perspective really helps you stand out um just right from the start it's like hey these are my skills i built stuff in these in these different frameworks before and i've got experience doing it. like that's such a big win right away um, if we're going through our typical recruitment process, it would be, yeah, get a job description up, post it on, on relevant job boards. So, I mean, those are, um, everything goes on Indeed. I don't think we, we get a lot of volume from Indeed, but not a ton of like, there's a lot of noise as well. So it's kind of like the more technically focused job boards, um, like Stack Overflow, um, as well as what's the, like we work remotely. So some of the remote work job boards, we also post on Badhack as well. Badhack's um, <laughs> 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 number one. Um, and then, then from there, it's typically we have a either recruiter, so an external recruiter is doing that for us, or we do it internally. And then our engineering manager would do the first screen. So it's really just looking through those resumes, um, looking for those keywords in terms of skills and experience. Um, so the more years experience and the more you have working with that skill is usually the number one. Um, and then just having a really clear resume. So it's like not a lot of noise, like here's what I did, here's some projects I was really proud of. Um, things that help you stand out in that process, like having something you can link to. So the resume, I mean, as much as it's like a valuable summary, you need more information. So can you link to a GitHub profile? Can you link to a personal website or a portfolio? Um, and unfortunately for, for really strong engineers, like that design of that personal site still matters. So you can be the most amazing technical person, but find a way to buy a template that makes that look good. Cause like, I'm pretty dumb. I see something that looks nice. I'm like, oh, they must be an amazing coder because they have good design, um, which isn't even relevant. But that that really helps you stand out. And just that initial like quick screen that companies are doing. And then from there, it'll be an interview with our engineering manager, um, kind of walk through some technical questions. Um, and then if you pass that test, it's on to me. So I usually do just an interview in terms of a culture fit. So we have a conversation. Um, I like asking about like what is the thing you're most proud of? What's the coolest project you've built? So kind of more focused on something that you've created, um, either from scratch or as part of a team and figuring out like what level of um, of commitment you've had to that project. So have you built something on your own? Have you had a side project you've hacked on? All that stuff's really cool. And especially for a startup, you want people that kind of take control, um, just build stuff when they're not asked to build stuff, have that level of autonomy. Um, from there, we, we usually do a, a bit of a technical test. So that's either some take home questions um, or just a pair of program, programming exercise. And then it's yeah going on to offer and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, we have a pretty small and short process because we're, we're a small company. Um, 
yeah, but that's usually how we do it. Sweet, sweet, awesome. Um, Sundeep is asking about English level. Um, how much does that factor into your decision to hire someone and what kind of level would be acceptable in ID or ideal? Yeah, that's a good question. I think like it's important to have like the ability to communicate strongly. Um, that's not just necessarily your English level. It's just like, can you be thoughtful about how you're communicating? And I think with remote, a lot of our communication is written as well. So you have the opportunity not, you don't have to just like be on the spot and answer those questions in an interview. It's like, can you communicate your your skill level and like your experience um, in, a, in a, a way that's easy to understand? But yeah, like in terms of like, we don't worry about like specific grammar and like polish and all that kind of thing. Um, it's more just like, yeah, can you, can you communicate the work that you're doing and like process, like commitment to process and all that kind of thing as well. Um, but we, we've never like put like a bar on English. I would say like maybe conversational level, I guess, um, depending how you define it. But um, we don't do like a, an English test or anything. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Basically, yeah, be able to have a conversation and understand questions that are asked to you, reply to them in a good way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the best engineer yeah. I've ever worked with, like his his English is 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 not like is not fluent um, by any means. But I love talking to him, and he knows exactly what he's doing. And he's really clear on like that that extra communication, right? So he like he sends updates every day on what he's worked on, and just like kind of you can you can make up for the the conversational piece with written communication, I think, really easily. Um, especially when you're a remote a remote company. Yeah, I think you hit on something. Let's dive a little bit deeper into that because. <clears throat> a lot of times people say that, you know, you're, when you're internet doing a remote interview or, you know, every, of course, international interview is remote or pretty much all of them are, um, you, you, you don't, you can't really make an impression um, personally. Yes, you can on the computer, but like the pre-interview and post-interviews, like being on time and sending a thank you note and following up and um, just always staying top of mind. So the person feels like they can build that trust with you. Like that must be so important, right? Yeah. And I think like, I, I don't know if it's a mistake, but a lot of candidates, I think like the, I don't like the power dynamics of like, Hey, like, can I work for you? Like companies are looking for engineers. Like they're desperately looking for really talented people. So it's like, it's coming at that process with some confidence saying, Hey, like I've built some really cool stuff in this framework. I love what your company's doing. I think it's really cool. And I think I can really make a big impact on it. Like that kind of communication goes so far. Um, and it's not, it's really subtle, right? It's just changing that script a little bit in terms of like, I'm, I know what I'm doing. I'm a great engineer. I built some really cool stuff. I love what you're doing. And I think we can do something really cool together. So it's like the, you're on an even level, right? It's like, yeah, we, we really do need really good people and we're, we're desperately looking for them. Um, so it's, it's kind of this like balance, I guess, of like confidence. That's not, not being cocky, but being confident that, that you can add value to a business and just like being clear about that in terms of your communication, I think is really powerful. And from a, like a CEO level, like if someone reaches out to me directly and says, Hey, I love Holopod. Like, it looks awesome. I've used the product. Um, I think I can help with this and I built this, like that's a just a really great way to get your foot in the door with, with a lot of these smaller companies and even larger ones too. Like you can reach out to an engineering manager at a big company and like, again, everyone's desperately looking for talented people. So if you can, if you can be there and like kind of communicate that, then there's a lot of, a lot of benefit in doing so. Yeah, I think, um, you know, what, what you said about that proactive approach and, and reaching out on LinkedIn or, or, or email, not, not just, you know, submitting your resume and praying, 
Um, that's something that I think 99% of people don't do. So if you do that, you probably, uh, like you said, send out. So it's a great tip. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the bar is not that high either. Like you said, like everyone does the same thing. You have to be like 5% different, not a hundred percent different. Just yeah. do something differently. And it, it really, really changes the game. Nice. Nice. Cool. Um, so, so let's, let's kind of look for once you've made the hire, um, uh, like, what do you look for in an employee? Like when someone's starting, let's say the first 90 days, how, how can they really stand out in, in the first kind of beginning of, of their job with you? Yeah. So I think with, again, like we're, we're a fully remote company. Um, we've kind of been that way for a few years now. So a lot of that is around like, do we as a business have the right processes? Does the employee embrace those processes? So um, it's definitely over communicating in those first 90 days. So um, being really proactive in terms of, hey, here's what I worked on today. Here's what I'm working on tomorrow. Can someone help me with this? Um, I think just like laying out all the challenges that you're having um, in a, not in a way that like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing, but like, hey, here's three options that I've come up with to solve this problem. What do you think the right option is? And just like that over communication, I think on Slack or whatever tools that you're using is, is important for that first 90 days. Um, and then a commitment to, quality is really important to us. So it's like, there's this like balance between speed and, and quality. And it's, we live somewhere in the middle as a company, but it's like, make sure you're shipping code that works and it's tested and you're following a process. Um, I think that's super important as well. So just, yeah, being, being really proactive with communication um, and then, yeah, being shipping good stuff, I think is really important <laughs> too. And then also just like picking up on, um, like if there's something else that you discover, like that's the dream, right? Is like, hey, you've done something that is super important to us, but has not been on your list. Like you've identified a problem within the product, you've tested something out. Like that, pro like true proactiveness is like really hard to find. But if 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 you find someone that can just pick something up and run with it, like that's amazing. Like that's that's like the best employee you can ask for. Yeah, yeah, I'll second that. Um, the we we hired someone on our team, one of our engineers this year, and um, just his energy that he brings. It's not just the quality of the code and the build and the work, but it's just the, the positive energy that, that he brings to, to the company and, and willingness to solve problems and kind of do that, the extra step. Um, that's something that, you know, you, you can be a great developer. You can have two really, really great developers in the same technical level, but that the one who's going to be, you know, the more proactive one is just night and day, like way, way, way better. So, so guys like make sure you're, you're going to be the 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 the, the more proactive and kind of better one. Um, yeah, and I think so. Yeah. Just part of that too is apply to companies that you're excited about as well, right? Yeah. Like, like actually do the research and find stuff that you're that you're super stoked about, and that that leads to all that other good stuff too. Like, if you if you wake up thinking about the product that you're building, that really helps. If you're building like some, I don't know, some boring like old school like whatever, like you might not be as excited, but like the paycheck might be a bit better, but I think there's a there's a there's a good reason to apply for companies that you're excited about working for, right? And that like they usually give you a bit more freedom to to be proactive about that kind of thing too. Yeah, I've been in jobs that I absolutely dread, but you know, waking up in the morning and, and just saying, "Oh God, not again." Um, and I've been in jobs where it's like, "Oh man, I can't wait for Monday." So um, yeah, I, that, that 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 makes a huge difference. Um, I'm going to take a little time out here because the someone uh, we have a special guest with us, Helmer. He is a van hacker who got hired in Montreal for Mexico. 
Um, and so I just want to say hi, Halmer. Congrats again on getting hired. His work permit was approved, I believe, last week. And uh, your shirt will be sent out soon to, to Montreal. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Felicidades. Uh, um, I think that's how you say congratulations in, in Spanish. Um, Felicitaciones. <laughs> Felicitaciones. Yes. Thank you. I, I'm still in the Portuguese mind, but uh, yeah, that's just learned to say. Um, yeah, everyone, a lot of people ask us, is Van Hacks real? Does it work? Well, we have one success. Maybe we have another success case here. I don't know. But uh, Helmer, great, great to have you here. It's Peru and Mexico. Oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. Sorry, <laughs> Helmer. Sorry. Uh, disculpa. Uh, mi culpa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was Mexico. My bad, man. Um, actually, I don't think we've ever had a Van Hacker hired from Peru, but maybe maybe one or two others. So that's awesome. Okay. Uh, <laughs> great. Moving moving right along. Um, so we're talking about um, you know how people can be proactive and, and get credit work. Um, let's maybe move. Um, let's some questions here. Uh, what would be a deal breaker from a candidate in a final interview? <clears throat> okay, yeah. So Lini asked a good question. Like, what kind of maybe this is more like general like mistakes? Because, like, what are some common mistakes or things that people definitely should not do that will just completely ruin their chances of getting hired? From your point of view. Yeah. So we've. I mean, there's the obvious ones. Like we've we've tried to hire on Upwork before, and the person turns out to be not the person that they say they're going to be. So like, don't lie about your identity. Number one, um, that's really important. But yeah, I think like the, in terms of, it's not really like, it's, it's rare that there's like one red flag at the end of an interview process. I think at the end of the day, it's, there was, there was five candidates that made that short list. And then one person just stood out a little bit more than the rest of them. So it's not this like you you messed up and it's totally like on you. It's like that was the reality of a competitive hiring process. That's typically what happens. Um, we do have a, a couple of times where if we like have more deep technical questions or, or coding, like take home assignments and stuff, the candidates have, have, have had challenges with those. So um, I think a lot of like we don't make it hard right it's just like this is the this is the thing we're hiring for and this is the the skill set that we're looking for um so i think those are those are ones that that often people do struggle with sometimes um can you, can you give examples there yeah i actually don't know what coding tests we're running right now um but we've had just projects where it's like we've got into a deeper technical discussion and like you the the person just didn't even didn't even understand the framework that they're supposed to have been working in for the last three years. So I think it's just like a level of understanding of yeah of the 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 technology that that you're working with. Um, part of that too, I think, is like there's ways to mitigate that risk as well. So maybe it's we we do a contract like a short term contract for for a few weeks to actually ship some code, and then maybe that's a better indicator of this this coding this coding test. Um, yeah, and then I, I can't think of any like personality red flags. Like, there's not a like, obviously, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Don't be, don't be a complete jerk, and you're probably you're probably doing okay, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, definitely communication. Though that's actually that's that's one good point. So like, if you're really unresponsive or slow to respond, or it's kind of like you're like not don't seem enthusiastic. Like, that's definitely a signal that that is not a good signal, right? So if I'm I'm sending a message and then you respond like, yeah, sure, whatever. It's like, okay, well, there's other people that could get this job that might be more excited about it. So I think it's just like communicating that, that you actually want the job and you're excited about the job um, is super important during the process. Yeah, and I think that comes out like if it's, if it's genuine, right? Like you 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 can only fake it for so long and, and also you don't wanna fake it if 
you know, like don't just get the job to get a job because then you're going to be stuck in a job you hate and or, or don't like or whatever. So be genuine about the kind of companies you want to work for. And I think like if you want to work for a startup, apply to jobs at startups, don't apply to, to jobs at like large companies, et cetera. So think things like that. Um, yeah. 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 And, yeah. And I think if you're if you're hungry and you're excited about the company like that can usually trump skill a little bit too, right? Because a lot of the the super experienced, like super skilled developers, um, they've got offers coming at them all the time, right? For for a lot of a lot of money. Um, so it's like I need to convince them to come work for me, um, and they're going to leave in the next six months anyway because Uber just offered them ten times as much money. So I, I think there is like a, you can make up for like if you don't quite have the skill set that the company's looking for, you can make up for that with with passion for the company for sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Awesome. Cool. Um, Diego Galvon is asking, does remote work open uh, jobs? Does remote work open jobs help us apply to Canadian Canada immigration process? So I, Diego, I think what you're trying to ask is, is does having like, does working remotely for a Canadian company help you with the immigration process? Um, like James, I don't think you have sponsored anyone visa, right? But you would be able uh, we've done one sponsorship. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so let's talk about that. Cause I think a lot of people here want to be, uh, you know, get a job that sponsors their visa. Um, what, uh, what made you sponsor that person's visa? How was the experience? Um, so this was a designer that works for, for visual CV. Um, yeah, it was. He was just an amazing designer. I was like, I don't want to lose this guy. So he was actually already in Canada. He was working for another company. And we just took over that visa sponsorship. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what that process was. Um, but yeah, just like incredible employee. Didn't want to lose him. I think he, like his skill set was so good and his attitude was so good. So we wanted to help help him figure that one out. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that, that was it. And I think like, I, I think we just hired some lawyers and that was it. Like it was just kind of a no-brainer there. And um, we haven't actually hired anyone remotely and then brought them like brought them into Canada. Like we, we probably would do that with like some of the engineers that work for us right now. Um, but they're pretty happy with where they're at right now as well. Um, yeah, but I think it's definitely like a, like an obvious stepping stone, right? Like if you're working for a company and like you're doing a good job and like just communicate that like, Hey, like, and that's actually something that's like, that's been exciting for me when I'm interviewing candidates. So like, Hey, like I live, I live in Poland right now, but like we're thinking about moving to Canada. I'm like, oh, it's sweet. Like, we can probably help you do that. Like, it's kind of a nice thing for me as an employer to to help support that, right? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I think like if you're doing a really good job for a company and you're working remote, 100%, like that that'll help you get your foot in the door for for like the next step in the process. Sweet, sweet. And and also like if you have experience with um, remote jobs, uh, let's say for U.S. companies or European companies or other Canadian companies, that'll definitely like. I think that you know makes a little bit of a difference, maybe not a huge difference, but make, makes a little bit of a difference for um, companies like future companies you apply to, right? Yeah, and I think you learn a bit of the process too, right? Like how how companies work remotely and all that communication and process stuff too is is important. And if you've done it before, then it, it makes it a lot easier um, to do it again. Nice, nice, cool. Thanks, Diego. Good question. And um, yeah, uh, awesome. So. Uh, what kind of interview questions would you ask? Like, let's like let's say pretend you were an interview. I want to I want to get hired at Holopod. What, what would you ask me? Yeah, like just what's the tell me about a project that you've worked on that you're super excited about? Like, what's what's the best thing that you built and you're most proud of? Mm, good question. Um, well, I think for me the, the answer is on my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah. So everyone out there listening to this webinar. 
maybe like have have that in your mind, right? What's like the, what would be your answer to that to that question? That's um, I'm curious. Anyone, if anyone wants to share that in the chat, um, that, that'd be awesome. Um, cool, good question. And then like when when someone talks about that, like I'm guessing you want to see um, I don't know a product that's that's live or like a website that they can go they can point you to something like this, maybe something on their GitHub. What would be like the next answer to that? Yeah, it, it depends. Like a lot of people, like if you do have a project that you've built on your own and like it's live somewhere, that's that's even better because you can walk through it and then walk through like the technical decisions and kind of the like why you chose to use a certain framework and how you like so just getting an idea of the the thoughtfulness behind the thought process almost like, hey, I built this and this is why I chose this technology stack. This is why I'm excited about it. It gave me a chance to learn React. It gave me a chance to look at Azura, like all these other like like I'm trying to figure out if you're a nerd or not. And like, mm -hmm. we definitely want to hire nerds who are like really stoked about the the technology side of things. Right. Um, and then that other, it also signals kind of that you, that you like working on this stuff. Like you enjoy it. You like working out on the side. Um, but it's not necessary too. like, there could be something within your company that you've built. Like, so one specific project that you took the lead on, um, like if you work for a big company, that stuff typically does a pretty big scale. So it's got a lot of users or, um, you had to make some hard decisions. So all that is just mm -hmm. kind of figuring out like, yeah, what the challenges were and how you work through them and like your your like how you think about technology, I think. So all of that, that's usually the only question I ask from a technical perspective. And it's just I think it solves for a lot of things, right? Um, and then also just like, hey, like what interested you about Holopod? Like, yeah, like why do you want to work here? Yeah. Right? I think yeah. like, and then there's there's no wrong answer to that, but there's there's good answers and bad answers for sure. Yeah, um, I, I'll second that. I ask that question all the time when people uh, interview at Van Hack, and, and you'll be surprised at the, like you said, the variance. Some people just say, oh, like it seems like a great company, and other people will go on a huge, like detailed, you know, this part of your mission is really exciting, and this value is great, or, you know, they'll, they'll really connect uh, and show their homework. So. Um, yeah, definitely research the company before before the interview, right? Yeah, and definitely know what company you're interviewing for. I've had that a few times. Like, ah, <laughs> uh, I'm like, come on, guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Wait, hold Google on. It. Facebook and that's Google. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's for anything. Like, anytime you're gonna talk to somebody, um, like you should do. Like, you can do five minutes of background research, and that gives you a lot of a lot of value, right? Um, it's not that hard to read a company's about page and figure something out or read their Twitter profile and like get a bit of a vibe about the, the individual you're talking to, right? Like that's yeah. just good good business practice, I think, right? Yeah, again, second that. I've, I've interviewed many people who have not read our about page. One of my favorite questions to ask, if anyone ever interviews for a job at VanHack, um, we'll probably be hiring some developers in the next you know, six months to a year. Um, well, yeah, definitely next six months. Um, which which of our values is the most is your favorite? I, I, we have our six values on our website and our about page. Half of people have never done their like never just they just don't know. And it's it's not an automatic no for me, but it's like pretty much if I was thinking no, that like is the nail in the coffin. Like no, you're I'm not gonna hire this person. Um, so yeah, how about the thank you note after the interview? Is that something that you wait put weight on or like yeah? Yeah, for sure. I think it's like the just sending a follow up email is is great. Like, um, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Like, yeah, I really enjoyed our conversation. Here's a link to that thing we we're talking about. And like, um, I looked at your website. And here's what I think we can do like anything that's like more directly not this like formal, like, thank you for the interview, sir. That was very enjoyable. And I hope to hear from you soon. I think those are like fine, and like probably better than not doing it. But just 
make it more personal, right? Like here's a link to some stuff that I was working on again. Like I'm really excited about working for your company. Um, I think I can build something really, whatever it is, right? But just make it a bit more personal, I think. Um, like I think business is getting more casual in general as we all go remote and wear hoodies our whole day. Like, so it's like you're working hold with on, people at the end of the day. <laughs> Cue the hoodie. Yeah, there you go. I'm <laughs> Um, that's funny. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, so, uh, first off, uh, or just like another aside here, Nick, Nicholas, uh, I love, I loved your answer there. Uh, anyone here is not a nerd, uh, definitely reduces the data set or have lower, lower latency. I, I'm not a developer, <laughs> but I like to use developer terms to make myself sound smart. Um, <laughs> I tried, I tried to learn. Um, anyway, uh, Alini, awesome. I was just chatting with some van hackers on how much enjoying the Twitter account from companies get the idea. Yes, definitely. So, um, I think this is Alini from our team, by the way, who helps um, prepare everybody for for their interviews. And hey, Alini, uh, good to see you here. Um, she, she's your new best friend, guys. When you get a job interview at VanHack, um, and yeah, checking the Twitter feed, the social media of the company, um, it makes a huge difference. And like, yeah, I, I think if you if you don't take the fifteen minutes to do your homework, um, it, it might be a slog, right? Because I think I think what maybe what happens sometimes is. People have so many interviews or they're applying for so many jobs. But honestly, like at VanHack, you probably like it's hard to get international job interviews. So you're probably only gonna get maybe one a week maximum. So that's it's not like you have 10 interviews lined up. So yeah, do your homework. Do your homework. Nice. Um so Michael's asking about maybe nerd is not the right definition, so it's 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 uh um <laughs> maybe it's weak. <laughs> so I'm not sure. Only, that, I'm not only sure. a nerd only a nerd would say that. <laughs> Only a nerd would say that. Yeah, exactly. I don't What's know. the right definition? <laughs> Either definition's fine. Yeah. <laughs> we don't discriminate between nerds and geeks. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're we're all we're all just you know trying to um, learn and build and yeah. Okay, cool. So, um, how about COVID? Like, um, you know, we should touch on that a little bit. Um, and Michael's enjoying the, your reply. Um, <laughs> uh, what, what what? How has like COVID impacted? You, your thoughts on on like hiring and work um, and maybe like talk a little bit about Holopod and I think that this could be a, a good time to chat about it. Yeah, so I think COVID accelerated a trend that was happening already, which is every company at some point is gonna be distributed. So not necessarily fully remote, but they're gonna have offices in different locations. They're gonna be hiring um, in different places. They're gonna have employees all over the world. Like that's, that's kind of tipped, right? And I think that's the reality now, especially when like Dropbox, Facebook, Twitter, Square, like all these companies have decided to do this and that kind of sets the bar for everybody else. So anyone that's gonna compete for talent now, um, if you have the opportunity to either work remote or you have to relocate to San Francisco, you're gonna choose the remote opportunity. So I think that's kind of, that's tipped, that's the reality now. Companies are gonna be hiring from all over the world. Um, I think it, like the, it changes a lot of dynamics and it's it's in general, it's a really good thing. Um, there's gonna be a lot more opportunities. Uh, people are gonna be looking for talent in, in like everywhere, like so much like different places. I think mm. the other piece too that's exciting is like salaries have gotten really out of whack in San Francisco um, and Silicon Valley. So even from a, a cost perspective and not like, not like we want to pay people nothing. It's like, oh, like, oh, you, you're, you're making 150k a year. Like, that's actually really good value compared to like a Silicon Valley engineer um, who the expectations are just so crazy now, too, right? So I think a lot of companies, especially smaller ones, like, 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 personally, like we, unless we raise a ton of money, we can't compete for like that 
that senior Uber engineer who makes 800 grand a year. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and eventually you probably want to get there as an employee. But I think it like it opens up the the playing field for a lot of people um, that are looking to get into more um, North American based tech companies. And I think we're going to have a lot more companies also started in in, in Europe and, and other places too. And like India has got some crazy good startups right now as well. So I think there's just like I think tech is the way to go. And like everyone who's here, like you're you're in a really good position. Like we we've seen very very distinctly that technology is the future. If you look at look at the stock market, tech stocks have done really well. And I think that's just like moving forward, everything's going to be tech enabled or, or, or totally built on technology. So um, it's, a, it's a good place to be for sure. 100% agree with that. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of people in part of the Van Hack community, um, I, I feel sometimes frustration from folks where you know, they apply for jobs, they're not getting calls, or it's just, it's easy to get down yourself and, and, and kind of be worried. Um, and I just want to say to everyone, like, be patient. And also, you're you're definitely in the right career, like James said. Like, if you think about the demand for tech talent, it's just going to keep growing. And what James said about having companies being much more open to hiring globally, we're seeing that as well at Manhattan. Like, companies are coming to us that other, like, before would never have dreamed of hiring from outside their city. Now they're, they're, you know, it's all, everyone's remote anyway. We're all just sitting in front of a screen, no matter where that screen is. So, um, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, just another point. Like, so the way I look at, like, so with Visual CV, right, we've, we've, we've had millions of people go through the job search process. And it's really hard. At the end of the day, it's like it's, it's the most stressful time of most people's lives, or one of the most stressful times, right? You're, you're putting yourself out there. You're not hearing back. You're getting rejected. Like, it's this constant rejection for a like a period of time which really sucks yeah but the reality of that too is like just one of those has to be right like you have to find the right company and you'll get the right and that just changes your life entirely right so like just putting yourself out there like finding the right companies doing a bit more research if it doesn't work go back and like figure out like oh maybe i'm not presenting this well enough maybe i need to like have this like make my website look better whatever that is but if you get that job like that just leads to so many opportunities right so if you can get that job get that first job get your foot in the door um, then you're on the path, right? And that path is such a great path to be on. And it, it's like the most exciting time ever to be a, to be an engineer and be a, be a coder. So I think it's, yeah, it's, it's really hard, but it's worth it at the end of the day, for sure. For sure, yeah, just ask Helmer, right, Helmer? <laughs> when he's gonna be eating his poutine in the minus 20 weather. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, Montreal's, Montreal's awesome. Yeah, Montreal's <laughs> my second favorite city in the world, or not in the world, but in Canada. Um, <laughs> the, the entire world, but definitely number two in Canada. And they have the second best hockey team as well. Um, anyway, uh, cool. Uh, there was a good question here from Himanshu. Um, he's asking about uh, open source. So open source projects, um, are they important to, to you as a company? What do, what do you think? Yeah, it's definitely, it's one of those things, right? It's great to see someone who's done some extracurricular work. So outside of your current job or um, something that you can show off that's really cool. Um, yeah, so if you've contributed to a, like an open source thing or built something, that, that's really awesome. Um, and just being able to show that as well. Like, but I put that in the same category, like I've hacked on another project, I've done something like, so it's not like open source versus some other project I've built. I probably wait wait them the same way. It's just like, this is something I've built that I'm really proud of that's really cool and I think is valuable and just walk me through like how you did it and why you did it. Um, and like if it's a repo, like an open source thing that you're really passionate about, again, it just proves that you that you like coding and you enjoy it. Don't do it for the sake of doing it. I think just work on stuff that you like and you enjoy and that solves for 
a lot of that as opposed to just like, oh, well, if I do open source then that's going to help me stand out, like, no, maybe not. Right. It's like, if you're, if you're excited about that open source project, that's worth a lot more than just doing it for the, for the check mark on your resume. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. So don't just do it because you want to have it on your resume, but do, do a project that you're actually going to be learning from and getting better. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And then, and then when someone asks you like, why did you build this or why did you decide to use this? You're going to have really smart answers and, and good answers. Um, and, uh, Nicholas Costa, please email me and I'll, uh, check your, your applications and, and actually anyone here on the webinar, uh, wants some feedback on your applications, just send me an email it's, or, or better Slack me either one. Um, you guys know where to find me. Yeah, we had three event hackers hired today. Uh, so that was exciting. Exciting, awesome. exciting morning, actually, in like the last 10 or last 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah. So great, great, great answer. Okay, for DevOps engineers, should I apply? Do I only do the DevOps test or should I do another code? Mm. Do you have any experience hiring DevOps people, uh, James? Or um, not a ton. Like we've we've got we've got one. Um, but yeah, I don't think we have. I don't think I have enough experience to answer that. Um, but there's definitely a lot of DevOps engineer opportunities right now too. So yeah, and yeah. a lot of people that are looking for those folks. For sure, yeah. So Saul, um, I would I would say you should do as many tests as are relevant to you. So don't just do the DevOps test if you also are a great Java developer and you can do the Java test and show that you're you have you know good good Java skills or whatever other programming language that might be. Um, so so yeah, don't just do that one. Yeah, I think one yeah. one point there too. I, like, there's a lot of new technology, new frameworks out there, and like, it's not necessary to know those frameworks, like, like to be experts in them. But it's a good signal to employers when you're like, hey, like, my my job is in .NET, but I've been interested in React, so I've built this thing. And so it's not like you're actually like totally skilled in React, but you've looked at some new tech. It just like kind of proves that you're excited and can learn that kind of thing so even if the the company doesn't like doesn't use net, like they'll hire someone great who can learn that skill set for sure um but you just have to prove that you want to learn that skill and you're kind of looking at those things right um i don't know if that's related to devops or not i'm not sure if the stacks change i'm sure if you know aws and heroku and whatever devops looks like these days um <laughs> there's value in that for sure yeah i think it i think it's a, 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 a evolution right technology is always changing there's always new trends Four or five years ago, React wasn't really popular. Now it's basically the only front-end um, library that people use. I learned recently it's, it's I don't know, the difference. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, so Nicholas saying 13 years, yeah, I learned. Okay, that's cool. Um, Alina's asking a good question. So what are some unexpected questions that um, people have asked you during the interview? And actually, let's let's talk about this, this part. I think it's maybe one of the most underrated parts of an interview. When you finish the interview and then you ask the candidates, do you have any questions for us? Um, if, if they say no, is that a big problem? And then what questions have they asked, have you been asked that are interesting? Yeah, I think the no is not ideal. Um, just because it's pretty abrupt. It's like, oh, do you have any questions? Like, no. I'm like, all right, see ya. <laughs> like, just kind of awkward. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it kind of proves that like, like maybe there's not that much interest in in the, the company itself. So like, good questions are, like, what would my first three months look like? Like, what's your process for like shipping code? Um, kind of more technical questions I think are are important from an engineering perspective. Um, how do you look at like, how do you prioritize like 
product opportunities or project opportunities, like all that stuff is like shows an interest in the process and how the company operates. I would ask them questions about culture. So like, how do you, how do you, I don't know, how do you build culture with a remote team? Like, what does that look like? How do people get to know each other? Like all that stuff I think is really important and just stuff you actually want to know anyway, right? Like, am I just going to be sitting at a computer all day and not get to know anybody? Um, that sounds kind of boring. Um, and then like some of the, I mean, challenging questions have been like, like, what's your vision for the company and where do you want this thing to go? And like, mm. what's your goal for this stuff? Um, which is not, those aren't bad questions to ask like an early stage business. Like what, um, like at that point I'm still pitching to you, right? So it kind of mm. flips the script a bit and I'm trying to sell my vision to the candidates to join us as opposed to some bigger company. Um, so those are, they're, they're definitely good. I think it's like the delivery of that's important though. If you, if you deliver in like, oh, I don't believe you're gonna do that. Then I'm just like, well, whatever, then I don't want to work with you. But if it's like you're excited about it, what else can this be? And like you kind of steer steer those questions into more of a conversation. Like that's the ideal, right? You're talking about, oh, like, have you thought about this? Like, oh, this could be a really cool feature. Like, oh, I've experienced this problem myself. So mm. you kind of get get away from like this interview into a conversation. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of the time, like I want to work with people that I can have those conversations with, right? And it becomes that more casual, like, what can we build? What's the opportunity here? Um, as opposed to this, like, yeah, this Q and A back and forth. So if you can get to that more organic point, like, there's there's a big there's a big advantage there. Nice, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm remind uh, remembering someone I we recently hired to be a recruiter for for our team, and our interview went 15, 20 minutes over because we we're just having such a good conversation from the questions she was asking me. Um, and uh, you know, she, she's been a great team member from you know right away, and you can kind of tell that cultural fit and that that chemistry is there. Um, yeah, and you don't have to be a wizard conversationalist. It doesn't have to. Be, it just needs to be like smart questions about, you know, showing that you've been thoughtful and, and doing doing your homework about the company. Um, makes a huge difference for me, actually. Um, before we go on, we have, we only have fifteen minutes left, and I just want to quickly say um, that we do have our, our um, Black Friday Cyber Monday promotion for uh, for Black Hack Premium Academy. Um, so if you guys want to improve your soft skills in English and get get a bunch of interview prep um, to impress people like James. Um, get get a yeah join now. You get a free month for the, the month of December, as well as uh, I think like some crazy discount, like thirty percent off. Um, so yeah, is that a standing desk that you're just lowering there, James? That's pretty cool. Yeah, my fancy desk. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, and there's a thirty day money back guarantee. So if you're not happy, you get twenty nine days of free English class, and then just get your money back. Um, almost no one does that because it's pretty good value. But if you want to do that, you can. Um, so yeah, uh, that's my uh, shameless plug there. Um, cool. Uh, so um, actually, let's let's talk about we we're talking about buying stuff. Let's talk about salaries. Um, what what are you seeing in terms of salaries? Uh, you know, we can give like ranges, not to get specific numbers uh, for let's say intermediate and senior developers. Um, uh, like, do you, do you look at it actually? Do you look at it from like when you're remote, you have X salary, and when you relocate, you have Y salary, and there's like a difference in those two, or is it just like one salary? Um, what's the kind of way you approach it? Um, so for us, it's like we're not hiring a ton of people. So um, we're kind of subject to market rates in, in Vancouver is where we where we anchor stuff. And like I've never seen salaries higher than they are right now. Like it's definitely grown significantly in the last the last like three years. So that's I mean, a lot of factors, but Amazon's in Vancouver now. Facebook's in Vancouver, Microsoft's in Vancouver. So we're competing with companies that pay really well and have really good benefits. So I think that's that's exciting, right? Like it's I think it's fair. And 
companies should be paying engineers more. So for uh, like senior engineers, it used to be like a hundred, a hundred grand a year was a good salary. Now that's up to like one fifty to two fifty, even at a manager or director level, um, which I haven't seen before in Vancouver. So we're starting to to level the playing field a bit there. If we're looking at remote, um, yeah. So some companies hire like they pay the same no matter where you live, and there's some cost of living benefits or adjustments. Um, we're usually seeing like a let's call it 20% lower if someone's fully remote, depending on their location, but it's still pretty solid. Like it's not, it's not like the, like the old days where you outsource that like 10% of your costs. Like that doesn't really exist anymore. And people are looking more so for really good, talented people. It's not just like a, it's not a cost center anymore. Right. It's like, this is our R and D and this is the team that we're investing in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, and I think the data as well, um, like salaries are rising everywhere. I think we're going to see more um, more competing salaries as well as companies go fully remote. As like as Facebook starts hiring all over the world, um, salaries everywhere are going to go up, which is which is great for for engineers. Yeah, it is great for engineers, um, and I think that like just let's just take a moment, guys, to pause here. So we're. I mean, okay, I'm going to say 150k is usually a pretty high salary for a van hacker to get hired. Uh, Andre, we love you too, and congrats again on getting hired. So we got two two hired van hackers on the webinar here. Um, so yeah, sorry, I have ADD with the chat sometimes. But anyway, we get we have two. Uh, sorry, we have two. We have um, let's say around one hundred to one hundred twenty. You know, maybe like depending on the city. Um, yeah, Vancouver is slowly becoming SF, um, but it's not just Vancouver. Like you see a lot of companies, for example, that are hiring someone. And they say you can live anywhere in the world. Um, or anywhere in the specific region, and this is the salary you're going to make. So the kind of sometimes what move that people make is they they move to another city that's even cost lower cost of living. Because um, like let's say you're you're making after like okay, so let's talk about this monthly. Um, you're going to make let's say eight thousand dollars per pre tax. You're going to make six thousand dollars post tax every month, right? And then your rent is going to be let's say fifteen hundred dollars, and food let's say another five five hundred dollars to a thousand. Let's say you're going to be spending three thousand dollars to live. Per month, maybe maybe four. So you're, you're going to be covering all your expenses plus saving two thousand dollars Canadian per month, uh, which you know, and and that's not counting your spouse if your spouse is working. So you're going to move to Canada or let's you know let's just say Canada, but maybe Germany, other countries with basically uh, upper middle class salary. Like if you were to compare this to um, I don't know 20, 15, 20 years ago, moving you're you're probably going to be working in a, like a minimum wage job, being like. I'm not going to say the jobs because I don't want to like want to discriminate or anything, but like doing doing kind of physical labor or something like that, and and it's just going to be a huge challenge for you to kind of work your way up to that salary. It maybe take you five years to get there. So guys, like my whole point in this little rant is that we're living in the golden age of immigration for tech talent because you can come to Canada and you can have an awesome place to live, et cetera, et cetera. Like you you you, you guys are on this webinar, so you know, um, and you're gonna you know. Yeah, like it just, I just think it's great. So anyway, I'm just really passionate about this and I think it's awesome. Um, and, and, you know, you, you don't just listen to me, like, you know, experts like James who actually are, you know, hiring people and, 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 and uh, all that is, is um, the right way to go. So anyway, just all that to say, um, you should, yeah, just do your homework for job interviews, prepare yourself and, uh, and, and get, get a great job. Uh, okay, cool. So we got, we got 10 more minutes left. Um, one more question I want to, I want to ask you and then we can dive into, 
uh, the, um, you know, the participants' questions here is diversity. Um, how do you look at building a diverse tech team or diverse team, um, you know, these days? It's been a topic in the media a lot. Like, is that something you guys are, are thinking about or what do you, you know, how are you approaching the subject? Yeah, we've had a lot of conversation about this on the, like, the management level. We're a pretty small team now as well. So I, I don't know if it's like top of mind for us, but it's definitely a really important subject. So I think the, the key things for us are like, make sure that we're putting that message out there that that's important to us. Make sure our job descriptions are attracting the right people, um, getting those as wide as possible. So really increasing that candidate pool. So not necessarily like a lot of hiring right now is done through network. So it's like, oh, like, oh, do you know somebody does this? And if like, you've like, I don't know if your marketing manager is a young white dude, he knows another young white dude. And then you kind of just build this like young white dude company. Um, so it's more so like, how do we get our message out there? How do we get a broader candidate pool and attract people that, that wouldn't like necessarily be in our networks? Like that's the most important thing. And then once you have that candidate pool, it's like, how do you go through that process in an unbiased way? Um, and that's just something to be conscious of, I think. Um, like make sure you're not discriminating and making sure you're like making decisions based on the right things as opposed to if someone like looks and talks like you. Um, so I think part of that is just like making sure that everyone's aware of it from a cultural perspective and then getting out a, a broader candidate pool. Um, that's just us. And again, we're like a small, we're a small company. So I think once you get to a, a bigger stage, like it's it's even more important to to think about those problems. But yeah, that's the extent of what we've done so far is like broader candidate pool, being really aware of it and trying to not so much just hire someone for the sake of hiring them, but be conscious of the fact that we might we might not be aware of some of our own biases for sure. Definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I think I think companies are, are are looking more and more at this, and and um, you know, diversity has many definitions, and I think one of them is hiring someone who's not from the same country as you, or uh, you know, so so having you guys as as international or kind of immigrants, um, soon to be immigrant developers, I think that uh, a lot more there's a lot less bias against um, uh, kind of than hackers um, in general. Did you just change that, or was that was that just automatic? Oh, is that me? <laughs> I don't know, maybe because I, I, I like to have the anyways silly thing. Okay, uh, let's put the spotlight on on the speaker. Okay, um, so so uh, guys, we have a, a few minutes left. Again, we have to finish up time because we have another webinar with Fernanda. Um, uh, James Guarav is asking, and I'm sure a lot of people are wondering, are you hiring right now? If so, what are you hiring for? Um, and how can people apply to your jobs? Yeah, Holopod is not currently hiring. We will be in the new year. So that's, um, we were, we're using this new framework called Hazura, which is like some serverless DevOps scaling thing. So if you know what Hazura is, like definitely reach out to me because I have no idea what it is. Um, and then like, yeah, React front end. So like we're, we're planning on hiring at least two developers in, in the new year, probably like mid, mid January starting that process. Um, and then design, designers as well. So, um, yeah, looking at building out our our, um, our product team there. <clears throat> yeah, Holopod is a very well designed uh, website. So, um, yeah, I think you you have a, a good team already, and so add, adding even more talent, um, fantastic, cool guys. Uh, any other questions for James? We have the last few minutes here. Um, hire people from South America; they will have excellent cuisine skills. Helmer. Nice. Yeah, yeah my, I got a designer from Brazil and he barbecues like four days a week and it's great. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yes, uh, we also have a designer who's from Brazil and, and uh, 
He's a great designer. I'm not sure about his barbecue skills. We'll have to, <laughs> to test that soon. And uh, Peruvian food is, is one of my favorite to Helmer. Um, yeah, I lived I lived in Argentina for six months as well, so I'm pretty pretty addicted to the the asado. Nice. Uh, I think Nicholas here is from Argentina, so. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, cool. Um, React. Is there a certain amount of years of experience? James wants to know. Um, the more the better, but yeah, at least like. I don't know. I think years is a weird definition. Like if you're really good at it, then yeah, it's great. Um, you could, you could work in something for years and be a bad, bad developer too. So like, depends on how, how confident you are in the skill set. But I think like if you've worked uh, like on something in production, like that's live and users are like at, at some semblance of scale, like that's more exciting to me than like you've done it for five years. Nice. That's awesome. Cool. Um, how about uh, the post-pandemic office policy? Uh, so are you going to have an office after the pandemic ends, whenever that is? Yeah, personally, I, I don't like working from home. I love working remotely, but I do not like working from home. It's like I just get cooped up here. So I want somewhere to go. Um, so we're going to have like a satellite office, I think, in Vancouver. So maybe a smaller a smaller space that maybe a few other people that, that I know or that we work with can go in whenever they want to. So not having this like nine to five, you're in the office, but some flexibility around like a workspace you can go to to get outside of the house. Um, and I think a lot of companies are taking that approach. I know Shopify and Dropbox, um, they're building hubs in cities. So they're taking their existing office space and building more of a co-working space that's flexible. You can come in and do your meetings if you want to, um, but you can work from home. So I think like that's where I see the future is not fully remote, but distributed and flexible. So you're gonna have a space you can go to. Um, hopefully if there's a critical mass of, of people in a city, you can create another space in that city if you have like 10 people there, um, or there's, if WeWork stays in business, there's WeWorks or some co-working spaces. Um, but yeah, so our plan is like, yeah, the hub model. So we'll have, we'll have a small hub that people can go to, but also we'll be hiring from all over the world. Nice, I love it. Um... That's how we were working before before the pandemic. So um, we'll probably go back to something like that. Um, yeah, it's it's all about the work from anywhere, um, and and like so you don't feel trapped in your home, um, and, and also um, you you, you kind of can if you just feel like hanging out at home and chilling on a Friday, you can you can do that too. So yeah, exactly. The flexibility is key. I just like moving. Yeah. I have ADD, so I need to like I need to need to go to like four places every day to like get my best work done. Definitely, definitely. Cool. Um, so just, just to wrap up, how can people get in touch with you if, if people want to you know, say hi and keep up to date? And what was that, Azura you were saying? Azura, yeah. Azura. It's like, uh, yeah. Look Does it up. know what that is? Azura? <laughs> just curious if anyone on the chat. I, I, I found like three. It's, it's pretty new, but yeah, it's like a, it's basically like a scalable Postgres GraphQL database if anyone's interested. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'll pitch my Twitter, James Clift at James Clift. Um, I'm building up my my Twitter following here, or just email me James at Holopod.com. Nice. I'll uh, gonna try and find your. Well, I'm not trying. It's pretty easy to find uh, your Twitter for everyone. Um, cool. You got a new follower from me here. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Hazura.io. Uh, okay. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, guys. I guess some people have have homework. If you want to impress James and get hired at Holopod. Um, go learn Hazura in the next two, three months, or I guess a month and a half or whatever. Uh, and uh, you can say, hey, I watched your webinar uh, and I learned Hazura and look what I built. And I think James will say, you're hired. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
<laughs> awesome. Cool. Um, well, thank you so much, James, for, for being here and, and hanging out with us. Um, it's, it's really been a pleasure. Um, do you do mountain biking? Whoa, that's a, how did you do that with us? What, interesting. It's on my Twitter profile. <laughs> ah, okay. <laughs> it's like, we, were just, we were just chatting about mountain biking before we went online. I was like, how did you have, uh, what was the mic on before we went on? <laughs> yeah, it was up there. <laughs> okay, sorry. It's again, uh, getting on the, yeah, we have another webinar. Yeah, that's Twitter profile. Um, so we have another webinar, guys. Um, it's going to be uh, another great, great Van Hackon webinar. Um, I'm going to be back on Thursday, so in two days, with a VP of engineering from a um, Silicon Valley startup um, uh, that's going to talk about how you can impress him from the technical side. So today we have the CEO side, and tomorrow or Thursday we'll have the technical side, and we have a bunch more sessions. Um, so, again, thank you so much, James, for, for hanging out with us this morning. Um, everybody go follow him on Twitter and learn Azura and get hired at Holopod. So, yeah. Awesome. Thanks a lot. That was fun. All right. Cool. Thanks for listening to the Van Hack Podcast. Make sure to create your account at vanhack.com to access jobs that are hiring from abroad.